0: Having spent 14 years in the corporate jungle and four years as a first-generation entrepreneur with my wife, Brainbox is a podcast with intent to discuss career progressions, challenges, tips to succeed in the corporate world, along with having entrepreneurs, investors, and other stalwarts from the startup and business space. So everyone, be it young adults, parents, people in mid-tier corporates, or people wanting to jump into the entrepreneurship world, has something to take home. I am Kaushik Bose, and welcome to The Brain Box. As some of you would be knowing, I was into B2B corporate sales for 13 years after passing out of MDI Gurgaon. With no one in our families having been in entrepreneurship, it was quite a sea change when me and my wife Arpita decided to make the seismic shift of jumping into entrepreneurship. So the purpose of this episode is to give you a detailed behind-the-scenes story of building my first entrepreneurial venture, Gadget Scare. From scratch, the challenges faced, the amazing world of trying to raise money from angels and VCs, and eventually the reasons and the exit. So the company brand was the Ka Infinity Group, which basically was Kaushik and Arpita. Ka also means the eternal undying spirit. And since we were both into Greek mythology, we finalized the name. Infinity was because we wanted to venture into multiple lines of businesses. So once we came back to India from Dubai, Arpita had started her venture in September 2017, which was into unisex salons and nail salons. By the name of H2T Glamour, stands for Head to Toe Glamour and The Nail Garage. I I helped her set things up initially and was still thinking of what to do. That's when Arpita's iPhone 6 Plus speaker wasn't working properly. Since we were new to Gurgaon, we Google searched and the only thing that came up was a store in sector 14 Gurgaon. We rushed over and essentially it was a local store. The guy took the phone, disappeared behind a wooden door and returned about 15 minutes later and gave an estimate of 1800 rupees on the back of his visiting card. This is what led me to start venturing into mobiles. We started off by taking a master franchise where we repaired only mobile phones. Within a couple of months, we realized that the Pareto rule is applicable even here. 80% of the revenues come from just 20% of the clients. And the headaches were the same, irrespective of the ticket size. So we got focused on the premium space of iPhones and OnePlus only. Common question asked is why not Samsung? The issue is that Samsung screens are very expensive by themselves, and hence the margins are abysmally low, since you can get it repaired from Samsung service center at nearly the same price. The same cannot be said for Apple and OnePlus devices though, because the margins there are much larger. So we quickly moved into repairing iPads, iWatches, MacBooks and we're doing brisk business since there were no reputed players in gurgaon at that stage. We quickly expanded to a network of 13 outlets through franchising and even did turnkey projects like setting up a computer lab during the time. We then entered the refurbished premium devices, again only the premium segment by buying what they call in in parlance as lot of devices. Essentially, we pick up slightly used or damaged devices, repair it and then sell it with warranty. Margins were good, ranging right from about 20% to going to even to 70% on some devices. We grew to a 27 member team very quickly and touched revenues of 1 CR in just a third financial year. What I did realize towards the end though, was that this market was what economists call lemons and peaches. This is how they define used car markets. And this is exactly what the refurbished device space is also around. So coming back to the car parlance, most second-hand cars are like lemons. However, there are certain very good cars in the pre-owned market space as well, which is what are termed as peaches. Since the customer can't understand the difference between them, he still buys a lemon due to the much cheaper price has a terrible experience, and tells his friend not to ever buy a second-hand car. So slowly, the peaches leave the market, and what you're left are, the lemons. This is similar to what we faced in scare. We dealt with premium devices, and we had our own clients who trusted us, since their friends would have had a great experience with us. It was excellent word of mouth, we had over 10,000 plus customers in just two and a half years of operations. However, the requirement also started coming around non-Apple devices, like Vivo which had excellent margins as well. So it was a no-brainer that we would need to expand and need to raise capital with a tune of around 1 CR to scale it to the next level. So I started looking for investors and that's when this new animal called fundraising came up in front of me. Just a couple of points I want to elaborate before we delve further. There's a huge difference between making money and raising money. More people are keen to be in the second category. I, on the other hand, was more keen on profits. So my advice would be, decide right from the beginning whether you're more keen on making money or raising money, because the paths adopted in both are dramatically different. Secondly, many people are keen to have founder in the title. I wasn't. But if this is a key reason for you to start your entrepreneurial journey, my very tense advice, please don't do it. <laughs> I have always been the focused goat who wants to climb to the top of the mountain. There are however two reasons you want to get there. One. Is that people are able to see you. And the second is that you can see them. A Vijay Malya comes in the first category and things like fake it till you make it don't work out too often. Try to be the goat who climbed to the top to only see others. Others seeing you is simply incidentally. So anyway, back to the lessons learned while trying to raise the money. First learning. VCs or angels are much more keen to see revenues that grow four to five times annually. Why? They know that 9 out of the 10 ventures they're going to put their money in will fail. They would make money only from the 10th venture and it has to make enough money to cover the losses of the other 9. Learning number 2. You tell a company that you're proud of being profitable and the response you get is that if you're already profitable you don't need the money. True. (laughs) Learning number 3. I heard this dialogue quite a few times and they are spot on. There are profitable businesses and then there are investable businesses. Investable businesses are those which show massive growth, four to five times probably, every year. incur heavy losses, which implies that you'll need to raise the next round of funding till you eventually get to an IPO or get bought over. Case in point, Uber, OYO, etc. They are still not profitable. By the way, Jeff Bezos was clear that Amazon wouldn't be profitable for the first few years right from the outset. The same applies to you as well. You need to be clear on this. Learning number four. There are many aspects while raising funding. For example, are you a tech-focused company? Are you into brick and mortar, which limits your growth potential? But the most critical one is the founding team. The issue I had with GadgetsCare was that I was a solo founder and non-technical. In the sense, I was at the mercy of the technicians, which means a very high probability of theft or pilferage. Again, very true. However. I didn't feel that I could trust anyone immediately to make him a co founder, especially a technical person. Hence, after about six months of knocking doors, I sold off to a VC backed company that gave me a sizable multiple of what I would have made as profits over the next few years. It's quite the nightmare for a first time entrepreneur to raise funds. I don't blame the angels or VCs either. The good ones receive around 200 pitch decks a week, sit through nearly 50 pitches a month, and then it's a no-brainer that it will boil down to the industry. So for example, I'm heavily into cryptos from 2012, but I don't understand organic farming or agriculture. So if I get an agri-based industry, I wouldn't be keen while I would jump head-on into a crypto presentation. Most angels are tech-based or at least understand technology very well. Hence, that's why technology-based startups is what appeals to most people. The other reason that tech companies are so popular is that it's much more scalable. So, a work-from-home or a small 2,000-square-feet office with just 10 people can cater to 1 lakh clients effortlessly. Case in point, MailChimp, which had revenues of around $800 million with just a staff of about 20-25. to 25. Having said that, it's not that brick-and-mortar businesses are not investable. We've seen tons, like Lenskart being the primary one. I honestly feel that retail is going to be here for a very long time to come and would probably be replaced only by VR, but that'll not happen before the next 15 to 20 years. For instance, Arpita's venture is the nail garage, which is into nail salons, with vertical integration and scale. She's got significant interest in her venture also, so time will tell. But if you're looking to start your own company, first things first, decide if you want to raise funding as a goal within the first year itself. Else, try and remain bootstrapped for about two to three years, and then look at raising capital. And please have a close look at the founders. While the VCs definitely look for co-founders, please understand that 99% of the partnerships fail. The reasons are plenty. One probably thinks the other doesn't work hard enough. They don't trust each other to the level that they should. One probably can remain bootstrapped much longer than the other. The vision of where they want to take the company is different. One wants to be the founder. So in conclusion, the grass is always greener on the other side till you cross the fence. The payout makes startups a very lucrative draw, but the toll it takes on you, both personal and professional, is unimaginable. I'll be having more entrepreneurs also over soon to discuss more about their startup experiences. Until the next podcast of Brainbox, thank you for listening and take care.